Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Jim Inglis with Inglis Retailing and the author of Breakthrough Retailing. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Well, I'm, ex- to be here, Lee. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about uh, your firm. How are you serving folks? Well, English Retailing is a consulting firm, um, and we focus on the home improvement retail industry, um, basically working internationally with home centers all around the world, uh, Japan, Australia, South America, Europe. Uh, And uh, this comes out of my work history, where in my career, I was executive vice president of Home Depot. And uh, during the, the very aggressive growth years of the company. And so uh, we focus on helping home centers in other parts of the world who would like to emulate Home Depot um, and become the dominant player in their market, just as Home Depot has become the dominant player in uh, the North American market. And so that's what we focus on. And um, uh, fortunately, uh, in most cases, uh, whether it's in Australia or or Europe or South America, typically we work with uh, either the number one or number two um, retailer in in each of those markets. So now is the home center retailing, is that a different animal than other types of retailing? Well, yes, it's uh, it's a special, it's a, it's a specialty type of retailing where um, if you, for for example, if you think of a Home Depot, it's a big box store has a lot of merchandise, but essentially everything in that store is focused with one mission. And that mission is to uh, provide uh, maintenance, repair, or remodeling for the home. And so uh, it doesn't, you know, you won't find a lot of uh, other products um, that you might find, say, on a Walmart, which would be a general merchant, a general merchandise company, but rather it's a specialty retailer and that it's focused specifically on being a solution provider for the homeowners. And then when being a big box is a different kind of strategy than the, maybe the smaller box that uh, attacks the same market, like an ACE hardware. That's right. I mean, what, what you see in the United States is really two extremes. You have um, three really big box warehouse stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, and in the Midwest, there's a a third called Menards that uh, control the, the biggest dollar amount of shares in the market. But at the other extreme, you have the, the small neighborhood store, which is the ACE type store. And um, it, it, it's a very viable uh, uh, retail format in itself um, because it is local. And uh, in fact, it's very high, highly rated when you come to, uh, when you do market research, like uh, JD Power uh, gives ACE hardware a very, very high rating. So, so they don't control the, the, the major dollar amounts because they're much smaller stores. 
Um, but uh, there's there's two two extremes in the marketplace. Typically, the the customer that's looking for maybe repair and maintenance might, might find it very convenient to go to an Ace Hardware. Whereas if they're doing a bigger project, a remodeling project, uh, then most likely they're going to to need the uh, assortment and services of a of of the big store, the big box store. So then the customer for the big box store is not only the consumer, but sometimes these other uh, kind of service providers? Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, if you look at the, the current Home Depot uh, statistics, uh, 45% of the business uh, done in a Home Depot is done with professional customers. And these these are professional customers who essentially are doing the same three things that the homeowners are doing, uh, repair, maintenance and remodeling. So there's a certain synergy between the homeowner who's looking for the same products, the same type of pricing and, and assortment and service uh, that the professional is looking for. And uh, as a result, uh, a big box store like a Home Depot can, can, can very well serve you know, both of those markets. Now, when you're going in to do your consulting with one of these uh, firms uh, overseas, is the marketplace similar in America? Like, is this just people take care of their home in a similar manner and then they go to these kind of places in a similar way? Like, it's just the same thing, but different in another country? Well, you know, the desire is the same. You know, the homeowner wants a better standard of living. Uh, they want to take pride in their home. They want to improve their home. Uh, and so, uh, yes, the, the desire uh, and the need uh, by the homeowner is the same whether you're in Japan or whether you're in South America or whether you're in Europe. Now, there are certainly significant differences in each of those markets. Uh, for instance, if you go to Germany, you find that um, there's not as many uh, single family homes that are privately owned. There's a lot more renters in, in those markets. Um, if you go to uh, South America, um, you'll find that uh, you don't have as large a middle class. Um, you'll also find that the homes there are made of cement instead of wood. Uh, and so that creates a, a whole different uh, product mix and sometimes a different complexity in, in doing the do-it-yourself job. So uh, each market is unique in its own way, but but the basic need of the customer is the same. And so really the principles of, of how to drive a high productivity business um, really remain the same. Um, the tactics the tactics may change depending on the legal situation or the economic situation or the type of construction that's used or the competition that's there. So there, or the culture of the, the local culture. So the tactics may change, but the overall strategy is, is really very similar. Now, does the overall strategy that Home Depot uh, kind of relied on uh, to get escape velocity when it was starting out and through your participation with the organization does that transfer to other organizations that aren't necessarily, you know, retail even or even in the home market? Well, like from a culture standpoint, um, you know, being so customer centric, uh, those kind of areas, I would think, transfer there. Those are industry agnostic. Sure. I mean, if if you ask, you know, well, what what is the success of Home Depot and and you know, why is it the largest home center business in the world? And it is, it's by far the largest home center business in the world and also the most profitable. If you, if you trace that back, you trace it back. Well, it is the culture. 
and it's a culture that is highly customer centric. Um, and so certainly if you take the same principles that were established by Home Depot of, of uh, developing a company with a culture that in fact is customer centric and customer focused and you empower your people to take care of those, those customers and you not only empower them, but you, um, you educate them and not only the how, but the why uh, of taking care of those customers, they'll, 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 they'll take on that mission and, and they will fulfill it. Well, certainly, um, you know, regardless of whether you're in the home improvement business or the furniture business or the, or the, you know, the clothing business, uh, those principles uh, are still intact. And of course, my, my book is called um, Breakthrough Retailing, but the tagline is how a bleeding orange culture can change everything. And that's what my whole book is about, is how important that culture is in, in creating the environment that allows rapid growth, that allows you to dominate the market. And that, that domination comes by simply being the best store for the customer. Now, how, how um, are those retailers like Home Depot dealing with the online merchants uh, that I don't think were there when Home Depot started? No, you know, when, when Home Depot started, it was, it was a pure DIY, do-it-yourself business, um, you know, called stack it high and sell it low. That was, <laughs> that was the model. And uh, over time, uh, a lot of things have changed. The, the population has changed. There's more people want services. And uh, the DIY market is still very important, but so is the professional market. And, and then, you know, the next evolution, of course, is the whole digital world with the, with the e-commerce. And um, Home Depot uh, went through a, a period where they, when they first got involved with uh, the, the uh, digital world and e-commerce, and they made a lot of mistakes uh, in that uh, the, 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 uh, the e-commerce business was set up sort of as a freestanding business separate from the stores. Uh, but they quickly learned that, that um, it's not a separate business. It's an enhancement of the existing business. And so what you find today is that, is that uh, at Home Depot, they call it interconnected retailing, that it's really... Um, well, to use the words of, of the CEO, uh, the internet's the front door of the store. In other words, people will start their projects at home looking at the internet. They'll do their research on the internet. But uh, as, they, as they begin to put that project together, uh, they want to touch and feel the merchandise or they need some additional uh, hands-on help with their project and some advice or some design or they need some delivery. And so what you find is that the internet isn't a separate market. It's not a competing market. It's just an additional tool that gets the customer engaged with the business. And uh, while the while the internet's the front door of the store, uh, most of those people ultimately find their way into the store. And, and a typical project may go back and forth many times between the physical store, between the call center, uh, and 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 back to the back to the uh, to the internet again. So. It's not, it's not two different businesses. It's one interconnected business. And it, but at the heart of it, it's like you said earlier, this con- customer-centric approach where you're just trying to serve the c- customer in any way they want to be served and give them an experience that is memorable and that is reliable and predictable. That's different than some of these online operators where they never interact with a human being 
and they're just buying an item, you know, in order to save 50 cents. But some customers would rather have a human being interacting with them. That's right. Well, you know, your your internet business, like I say, it, it's the front door of the store, but many times the customer needs that some additional help. So uh, they actually end up uh, as their next step coming into the store. But also, um, you know, if you look at, for instance, the internet business at Home Depot, um, over half of the products that the customer actually uh, start makes the purchase on the internet, they actually go to the store uh, to actually pick it up. So it's not, you know, the store, the store, the store is like I say, a, an interconnected piece of that internet, and that customer is is going to get great service. And and you know, if you look at, if you look at, um, there was a there was a survey by Forbes magazine just very recently. And they were interviewing customers to find out what was their attitude toward internet retailers. And they came to the conclusion that, that Home Depot was the number one trusted brand for the internet. So you can have a good experience on the internet and you can have a bad experience on the internet. And um, one of the things that Depot is doing now is they're investing uh, literally billions of dollars in the logist- logistics systems uh, so that they can provide the best delivery. The other thing that, that you realize is that when people buy on the internet, um, three, three times um, as much return goods are done on a purchase from the internet than are purchased in the store because people don't know until they see it, until they feel it, or they try it on, or, or they buy two and see which one they like. So your returns are three times as much. Well, the advantage of having both the internet and the store is the customer can then quickly and easily bring that back to a store because the stores in the case of Home Depot are very convenient to virtually 90% of the customers in the United States. So, so there's the internet that's a very cold, distant internet. Um, and then there's the internet that's interconnected with the local store. And there's a world of difference in service between those two extremes. Now, is there any advice for a retailer out there? And maybe it's not an enterprise level, but even a mom and pop that they could be doing right now that could, um, you know, make a difference in their business? Well, the, the, the most important thing is to understand how does the customer see your salespeople, the people that interact with your customers? Uh, do they see your salespeople as competent? Do they see them as dependable? Do they see them as trustworthy? And do they see them as caring? If they do, then they will take those attributes and they will apply them to your brand and you will become the preferred place to shop, the preferred um, uh, destination store. So uh, it's so critical that your people uh, believe in your mission. Uh, You know, People think, well, I've, I've got to advertise to let people know about my store and my mission and what I do. But the first people that you have to market to is your own salespeople. They have to believe. And if they believe, then your customers will believe. So the first step is to really um, get the culture right. I mean, if you have the culture right and the mission is obvious and everybody's on board and everybody's rowing the same way, then you have a chance. Bingo. That's that's the bottom line. 
So now, does that is that the same way in order to create the brand loyalty you need and to be that top of mind provider? Is that is starts with the people again because that's foundational. That's correct. You know what what we what we always said at at, at Home Depot was that is that what we expected was not we didn't we didn't say well our people are inherently better, but rather we have ordinary people but they perform at an extraordinary level because they bought into the mission because they believe in the company. And, and uh, so what you find is, is that the leadership of the company sets values and demonstrates behavior that creates a culture that is in fact mission driven. And when those employees buy into that mission, you end up with extraordinary performance by ordinary people. And, uh, you know, another, another uh, uh, statement that I've heard is that great people are everywhere, but it's the culture they are in that determines, you know, how they will be perceived by the customer. Now, do you see a um, kind of way out of this supply chain uh, issues that we're dealing with now? Is this something that we're going to be dealing with for months and months, or you think that there's a, uh, a light at the end of this tunnel? Well, the light might be a train coming at you very fast. Um, it's a serious, serious problem. Um, the um, the supply of product, m- many of our products are in fact produced outside the United States. Um, and even the products that are produced in the United States quite often use component parts that are produced overseas. And so what we had in the past, we had a situation which the, the, the smart retailers, the smart companies um, bought into this whole idea of, uh, of uh, just-in-time management, just-in-time supply chain. And this was started by the automotive industry that said, hey, you don't have to have an investment in inventory, you use just-in-time um, uh, supply chain. And that's been the modus operandi for like the last 20, 30 years. And it's been taught by every uh, consultant and every, uh, every uh, professor that just in time is the smart way to run your business. Well, what's happened with this COVID situation is proven that, well, there's a downside to that. And uh, just in time uh, may change to a strategy of just in case, hey, just in case we better have a plan B, just in case we better have a plan C. We better have, you know, diversification. We may, may meet, uh, it might be uh, ideal to buy from uh, all your product from, from a company, uh, from a country A, but maybe you should have a backup in country B or country C. Um, you've got a supplier A that could supply 100% of your product, but you better have supplier B and supplier C in line uh, so that you can, um, uh, have assurance that you can in fact get products. So I think uh, the biggest thing, the be- that biggest change is going from just in time to a just in case mentality. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm not saying by that, that we should stop buying, uh, that we should stop having free markets and we should set up t- track tariff barriers like Trump wanted to do. And like Biden is doing, uh, I think that's counterproductive. Um, we sh- I believe in open markets, but at the same time, diversity within those markets. 
And the, do you think that that's going to cause maybe uh, an increase in manufacturing in areas that there weren't manufacturing before in order to kind of be that plan B and, and plan C? Absolutely. I mean, today you see a lot of a lot of manufacturing is moving from China into Thailand, into Cambodia, into Malaysia. Uh, yeah, you, you see it's already happening. Sometimes the market kind of when they have the most to lose, they're the ones who take the most action. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, uh, um, you know, a problem is is the is the mother of invention. Well, congratulations on all the success. Um, the book, though, is written for the people in retailing. Is that the the yeah. market for it, or anybody in business would learn from some of the things that you went through in your career? Well, the the book is is actually a, a very large book. The book is over four hundred pages. So this is this is. A typical business book is about half this size. So this is a big book. And the, and the reason, it's really two books in one. The first half of this book is the history of Home Depot. How did it get started? Who started it? How did it get started? What did they do that, that, that changed the marketplace? And how did they become the largest uh, company in the world? How did, in, in, in home improvement retailing, how, what problems did they come through? Because they went through some very dark periods as well. And and then you know how did they how did they uh, right the ship and 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 continue the incredible growth they've had, so it's a great it's a great history story and, and how many people are involved with the Home Depot? Well, all the people that work there, all the people that sell to Home Depot, all the people that buy at Home Depot. So uh, anybody who's interested in the story of Home Depot, well, that's the first half of the book. The second half of the book is as 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 I mentioned earlier. Um, I've been teaching um, other retailers around the world how to emulate Home Depot. And in doing so, uh, I developed 10 principles that each company needed to understand and needed to implement to be the dominant retailer in their own market. And so each of those 10 principles is a chapter in the book, and that constitutes the last half of the book. So the first half of the book is a history book. I think it's an interesting history. And then the second half of the book is really the principles that that you can apply to create a high productivity retail business. And of course, that business doesn't have to be in home improvement. It could be in any business because the principles are, are universal. Well, Jim, thank you so much for sharing your story. If somebody wants to get a hold of the book or uh, get a hold of you for some consulting, is there a website? Yes, it's Breakthrough Retailing, one word, BreakthroughRetailing.com. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.